Sometimes an animal eats an apple and the seeds pass through its body and grow into an apple tree. And sometimes it's just a pile of crap. You're listening to the podcast reviewing films that walk the fine line between passable and porn. We like to call these films Anus Apples. Hello everybody, my name's Chris. Welcome back to this uh, episode of Anus Apples, the podcast where we try to decide if a bad movie has a seed of greatness or if it's just plain crap. Hello everybody, welcome, welcome to this fun-filled episode, <laughs> if you can call it that, of Anus Apples. So uh, for this episode, first of all, I just wanted to take a moment to talk about the Maybe not the genesis of the Anus Apples names, because uh, we, we've already discussed that previously, although I will revisit it in other episodes, because not everybody's going to start with episode one. That being said, one of the other inspirations, actually, I, I will credit two different inspirations. Uh, the first being my my friends Josh and Tom. I give them 100% credit. Uh, of the credit for this because they started an unofficial holiday that we call Meat Day where we would just watch really bad movies and eat meat it, it, it's a, and drink alcohol, obviously, too. So it was, it was great, it, and we would just be laughing our asses off watching some of these terrible, terrible movies. The other inspirations, uh, and I will just say, I will credit the internet as inspiration, uh, Red Letter Media, and Cinema, sins and a little bit of cinema therapy too all of those those different avenues are inspirations for this particular show and uh so thank you to all of you thank you uh not that you'll ever listen to this but still thank you and today this episode we're going to be talking about not hobgoblins but hobgoblins 2 from 2009 Let's take a listen to the trailer, shall we? Every 20 years comes a motion picture that forever changes the face of horror filmmaking. This is not that movie. creatures that we were warned about? One of them is loose in the house. Just keep telling yourself, it's only a movie. It's only a low-budget movie. You must understand that you and your friends are in grave danger. They know your deepest fantasies. What am I going to do with the side of green jello? Can't stop the creatures. Every time we kill them, they just, they just keep coming back. Come and get it, you bastards. 
Rest in pieces. Hobgoblins 2. Don't say I didn't warn you. And that was the trailer to Hobgoblins 2, which, by the way, no, I didn't watch before watching this movie. Oh, where to begin with this? Uh, so Hobgoblins 2 from 2009 by director and writer Rick Sloan, who also... Rec- was in charge of the original from 1988. So first of all, let's just talk about that. Before we dive into the plot or so-called plot of this movie, this movie is (laughs) a sequel to a movie that came 20 years before it, and that was just a bad, terrible movie to begin with. So this... From what I read online, this is a ripoff of a ripoff even. Like, this is a double ripoff of uh, several uh, just creature, like, bad creature horror films. And I did watch the original sometime back, uh, several months ago, and I, I remember most of it. Like, I remember pieces of it. I don't even necessarily remember the entire ending. Um, I just... I it. I knew it was different than what this was. And I was surprised in some ways to find that like the director said he intentionally, it was very strongly implied he was intentionally making this movie as a truly bad movie. And he had self-referential nods in it. And he, um, you know, wanted it to be a really campy movie. But this, oh, it, it's, it's funny because it's so bad, and that's the only reason it's funny. Seriously. The only redeeming thing about this is that it's so bad that it's funny. So I think you're going to know what my judgment is at the end. So let's talk about Hobgoblins 2. And by the way, I don't remember enough of the original movie to be able to remember anybody but like one of the main characters, even though there were other main characters, supposedly, who are the same people... Uh, same characters anyway, in this one. First of all, movie starts off with a bunch of apparently medical students being brought into a psychiatric hospital where the main character from the previous uh, movie, McCreevy, Mr. McCreevy, is being held because... He's, uh, well, he's crazy. He's crazy. Uh, he, he claimed that he blew up the, the movie studio because of Hobgoblins. So McCready comes back, uh, and he, uh, he, he's, uh, you know, he, he still claims these Hobgoblins are around. And so their professor, Professor Abernathy, played by Matthew Mahaney, and to give you an idea of his acting credits, he ended up playing Zemko from Samurai Cop 2. Yeah, that gives you an idea. So anyway, uh, Professor Abernathy supposedly invented this machine that will let you see the, the mind, uh, inside the mind of demented patients so that you could see what they actually saw. And of course, the machine pulls up an image of a hobgoblin. And 
Nobody wants to believe him. Now, here's my first big question here. Now, I didn't realize that these characters were all supposed to be characters that were in the previous movie. If they were in the previous movie and it was the, the you know, night guard that was part of the first movie that is coming back in the second movie, why in the world would he not vouch at this point? Especially seeing it. You'd think he would have a panic attack having you know, face these things before, but it's like they, they don't remember any of it. It's like they're not part of it at all. They're not part of the past. Anyway, the main storyline reflects around all of the main characters who all have just first names. So we have Kevin, Amy, Nick, Daphne, Kyle, and uh, Professor Abernathy, who's new. Kevin is our main character, uh, such as it is. Amy is his girlfriend who is uh, extremely prudish and very study-minded, and so that's kind of like her arc, I guess. Uh, there's Nick, who was discharged from the army, and his girlfriend is Daphne. Daphne is somebody who admittedly, you know, sleeps with people to get ahead, specifically slept with the dean of admissions to get into school. And Kyle is kind of just... a uh, you know, a guy that he doesn't really have many redeeming factors. He's nerdy and he is um, obsessed with, you know, a live internet sex um, website that uh, he he is losing money to constantly, but he kind of sees her as his real woman. So that's our cast of characters. But push comes to shove. There was all sorts of inconsistent between this and the first movie. Um, so there were some new plot elements kind of put in here. So first of all, now you can summon the Hobgoblins by saying Hobgoblins three times like Beetlejuice. Uh, this, to my knowledge, was not in the first movie. Second of all, the trailer said something about every 20 years they show up. I think that's just a nod at the fact that it took them... 20 years to make the movie and in fact from the materials that i did some research with uh mainly wikipedia and imdb they said that the dvd of this has a bonus feature called hobgoblins 2 what were they thinking where they actually interview the original hobgoblins cast critiquing the new actors uh in their roles so that gives you an idea about how bad this is and it was shot 20 years later using the same script that they intended to use two years later uh in making the movie anyway point being made here though is that there are things that are completely inconsistent with the first movie so first of all you can summon the hobgoblins by saying hobgoblins three times and second of all in this movie they play off of your fear so instead of making your fantasies come to life and then attacking you in the middle of your fantasy uh including you know sexy fantasies whatever they try to scare you to death by making you face your fears and attacking you in your fears. So again, completely different. It's completely inconsistent. Anyway, so Professor Abernathy, believing that McCready is nuts, decides to tempt fate and says Hobgoblins three times, at which point they end up showing up and he kind of goes insane, but he's only insane for a day. And then he's f supposedly fine. Of course, Abernathy then later gets attacked 
and he ends up dying. Kevin and uh, Amy have this ongoing kind of relationship. Kevin keeps seeing the hobgoblins uh, from time to time, but nobody else seems to see them when he sees them. But eventually, everybody ends up seeing them. Nick uh, and Daphne are always making out, but nothing ever seems to come of it. They just kind of reference later on oh yeah we were we were busy last night you know stuff like that nothing ever happens on camera with them and kyle is always looking to get to the computer to be able to you know to deal with fantasia the uh internet sex worker uh who is like pouring jello all over herself and stuff like that and so that's basically what's going on with these characters and it's hard to remember all the little mini intricacies, but over time, Kevin begins to talk more to McCready, and uh, McCready's warning him and tells him that they're going to have to face their fears in order to beat the Hobgoblins, and the Hobgoblin attacks him in his car at one point, and then it disappears. So all of this keeps going on. Um, Kevin constantly is trying to make out with his girlfriend, Amy, but she won't have any of it. And Nick is always making out with Daphne. So there's not a ton that happens here. In the end, they all end up facing their fears and defeating the Hobgoblin. And the, the weird thing is they're not facing their fears alone. It, so the Hobgoblins generate this like world around you to make your fears come to reality. So you have to face your fears. Like in Amy's case, it's dolls. All right. But she says puppets for some reason. But it's clearly just a doll, not a puppet. It's, it's really weird. Anyway. But all the other characters are with them in this isolated world. And it isn't until the last 10 to 15 minutes of the movie when this stuff goes down. So it's like the characters get attacked several times throughout the movie. Like at one point, Kyle... Um, gets called out by Fantasia and she she tries to she actually like shoves her arms through the computer to start choking him and that's how like the hobgoblins start affecting him so each one of those of them has one of those moments but really at the end they're all facing their fears but individually but they're all together at the same time so oh, okay and they end up defeating the hobgoblins hooray that's the extent of the plot as I remember, if you can call it a plot. It's not, <laughs> it's not very good. Now, <laughs> in terms of characters and acting, I'm not going to have much to say because none of these characters have enough personality for you to give two shits about the fact that they're being chased by hobgoblins or anything. You don't care. Period. You, you don't care at all. In fact, if anything, it would have been a better movie if the Hobgoblins had just murdered everybody in the first five minutes and then it was uh, like 85 minutes of credits. That's, that's how bad. That's how much you don't care about these characters. There's hardly... There's not really any arc to any of the characters. Kevin, I guess, goes from being a normal guy to being the guy that convinces his friends to deal with the hobgoblins. His girlfriend, Amy, isn't afraid of dolls anymore? Like, I, I don't know. It, it, it just... 
there's no advancement for any of the characters whatsoever, except in the end, McCready is validated and vindicated because he's proven that hobgoblins exist. That's like the the only character, there's no character arcs here. Uh, oh, Kyle discovers or dis- for himself finally that uh, somebody that you're paying online for sexual activities is not actually your girlfriend. Oh, astonishing revelations. Do tell me more. So there's no character arc on any of these characters. None of them can act. Like, maybe the guy playing Kevin could act a little. Let me look up his name really quick because I still have the page open. But, like... Josh Mills, yeah, so maybe Josh Mills could act a little bit, um, and I mean, he was in some other things as well, but the, the point is, is that it's, it's like none of them had any stage presence, and I know it's one thing to say, I'm making a bad movie, and it's intentionally bad, my friends and I did it ourselves when we were in our 20s. Granted, this wasn't; these weren't professional films, but still, the point is, we made dumb stuff for making dumb stuff. And it's fine if you do that. But at the same time, like, this is just so, so bad. To the point of there being no tone whatsoever. All the characters are tone deaf to what they're saying. They, they just... Whatever the base, shallowest level of what you could consider acting is, that's that's what this is. Um, so Daphne is basically just always dumb, uh, except she's not scared of scary movies, but then she is, but she's not, and whatever. Amy is just an uptight bitch for the most part. Um, Kyle is dumb. And they just play to that, I guess. But there's no tone in what they're saying. So instead of saying, you know, even McCready. McCready is like, well, I told you so. Like, it's not, he doesn't care. None of these actors cared. And I understand that in a movie like this. But none of the actors cared. So all of their lines are these very bland nasty performances and i i would like to say i could do better because i i do think i could do better but you know i've never been afforded the opportunity and i don't plan on trying uh i i can make my own movies if i want to you know um no not those kind of movies i mean unless you're interested give me a call uh you know no i'm kidding don't don't uh, i'm not interested in those kinds of movies at least not being in them anyway so acting and characters all terrible period there, there's nothing else to say about it. It was just bad. And the director did say he wanted it to be intentionally bad and wanted it to be self-referential and wanted it to be making fun of itself. But it was so bad that you couldn't even pick up on that. Like laughing. I was laughing out loud occasionally, like chuckling just at how bad, not even how bad the bad jokes were, but just how bad the performances were. So that gives you an idea of that. Next, let, let's talk about the so-called cinematography here. The audio quality, it's just using the camera audio. Or it's using like a microphone that's near the camera. There's, there's no miking in a good sense of the word. You pick up all the echoes in all the rooms. You pick up the echoes outside. You pick up everything. 
It's just like recording from the uh, camera audio, basically, the camera microphone. But in this case, I found out that they they actually used a 35mm camera to film this movie, which is surprising because it doesn't look like it was filmed on 35mm. It looks like it was filmed with a mini DV camera because this was 2009. But here's the thing. Like, HD was a thing in 2009. It was becoming a thing. They, you know, but clearly they wouldn't have the money for that. You would at least think that they were using some kind of camera that if you're if you're using 35 millimeter it should look like you're using 35 millimeter it shouldn't look like it's not lit at all it shouldn't look like it's a home movie but it does it looks like it's a cheap like it it looks it, it doesn't even look like a tv movie and it it's just it's so bad the framing is bad they cut people's heads off at times in the framing the the camera work itself is bad uh, like i don't know were, were they going with 29.97 frames per second in the camera itself or were they doing 24 frames a second like they should i don't know because it just looked so bad okay it was really really bad i i can't think of enough ways of saying it's bad uh, like i'm not gonna say stuff that my friends and i did looked better than that maybe but i can think of some times when my friends and i did stuff that might have looked better than that <laughs> i'm it, it's just so so terrible and i come to find out looking doing research again for this they use the exact same puppets from the first movie and recycled some of the clothing like the costumes from the first movie because again this was meant to be made two years after the first movie not 20 years but they literally just reuse the script that they were gonna use to make a movie two years later to make it 20 years later and didn't change anything now granted the director was trying to cash in. Rick Sloan was trying to cash in on how bad his first movie is. He basically admitted that. But don't make it so bad that it's just almost unwatchable, which is what this is. By the way, the puppets, I use the term puppets very loosely. These things look like stuffed animals that have a plastic face on it. The plastic face, it doesn't articulate. It doesn't look like they can move their mouths up and down. And it's clearly just these things getting thrown at people and people like wrestling with them. And again, I legitimately laughed when seeing this. But I was laughing not because it was it was good like it was a good movie and had some funny moments. I was laughing because it was so bad as to be laughable. It was terrible. And don't get me wrong, I love movies like this because they're so bad. But at the same time, just because a movie is laughably bad, just because you're laughing your ass off because it is so bad and the acting's bad and the framing's bad and puppets look being made to look like they're attacking somebody when you can clearly tell that it's just somebody like the person using their own arms to shake it and make it look like it's attacking them it's hilarious but that doesn't make it a good movie it doesn't a movie being funny doesn't turn it into a good movie just because it's so trashy that it's funny and i will say this 
I do rem- I I don't a hundred percent remember, but in the first movie, like they pushed the edge a little bit. There was some nudity in it. There was because it was based in fantasy. In this, it was like, oh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna hint at doing the cheap horror film thing and having you know unnecessary sex and nudity and stuff in the movie, but we're not gonna do it. And I'm like, but okay, I guess. Like, if you're going to pull the trigger on that, you might as well pull it all the way instead of just, like, like I mean, I'm not looking forward to it, per se, but, like, come on. Like, if you're going to hint at it, you might as well, and you're that bad of a movie, you might as well just embrace it. You literally brought in a character named Fantasia who was in your first movie, except she was a phone sex worker instead of an online sex worker. Like I said, they literally recycled the character names and characters and some of the costumes from the first movie, but just put them into a different situation. That's that's all it is. And even then, that situation is completely tone deaf to the first movie in terms of summoning the hobgoblins and in terms of what the hobgoblins do. It's completely inconsistent and it's garbage. So... <laughs> To sum up, I do not recommend Hobgoblins 2 unless you're planning on getting high or drunk and just looking to laugh a a little bit at how bad it is. So if you're looking to have a good time with your friends at laughing at bad movies, by all means, Hobgoblins 2, go for it. But as an actual movie itself, it's terrible. There's no seed of greatness in this at all. This is pure, unadulterated shit. Like concentrated shit it is so bad don't watch it i can't recommend it unless again you just want to laugh at how bad it is that so that's that's where i stand on hobgoblins 2 again hobgoblins 2 from 2009 currently available on tubi i will share the link in the show notes along with the link to imdb where you can find all sorts of fun facts about this Speaking of bad movies and finding out about more about bad movies, if you want to find out what movies I'm watching next, head over to the website anusapples.com. I always post what movie I'm watching next right before I'm going to watch it so that you can watch at the same time I'm watching it or roughly uh, the same time period, like the same weekend, and then two months later or whenever the episode posts, you'll be ready to hear my take on it. And the the other thing I'll mention about that is that my website is a federated website. That means that if you're on Mastodon or Play Roma or whatever, you can actually follow my website by just doing a search for at anusapples at www.anusapples.com. That is not an email address. That is a federated user ID. And you can follow and get all of my updates that way as well. And interact with the site that way. The other thing I'll mention is that this is a podcasting 2.0 slash podcast namespace slash podcast standard, whatever they're calling it right now, um, supporting podcast. And what that means is that, hey, if you find value in what I'm doing here and the time that I spend, uh, then please leave a review or 
Use those new podcasting standards as a way of supporting me through streaming Bitcoin payments, or I do have a PayPal link as well. And if you're using one of those terrible old podcasting apps like the, the you know, Apple podcasting app or the Google podcasting app, why are you doing that? Head to newpodcastapps.com and get yourself a podcast app that supports community-based features like community chapters and supports things like being able to stream sats and support your podcasters with boostergrams and all sorts of other fun features, chapters and transcripts and everything else like that. So some great functionality and features there that are waiting for you to take advantage of them at newpodcastingapps.com. All right. So with that... We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode, episode, wow, episode of Anus Apples. I want to thank you all for listening, and I hope that you all take a great big bite out of life, and you don't have any crap in that bite, and we'll catch you next time for another Anus Apple. Take care.